welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. But come on, today is Pentecost Sunday. Who is excited about Pentecost Sunday? I am so pumped. And I'll be honest with you, it snuck up on me. It snuck up on me because I was like, man, I've got a week to fill. I'm just going to go back into the back catalogue of messages and find something and just regurgitate it on you guys. Sorry, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? But I was like, it's been, as you can hear, I know we've gone on and on and on about our week, but it's been one of those weeks to find some space to do message prep was going to be tricky. And so I thought I'd find something from back there and bring it to here and then I saw on Facebook someone put on that it was Pentecost Sunday and I'm like yes now I've got some ammunition because I preached a message called Unblock the Flow about four years ago in C3 Fidiangi and it was all about the person of the Holy Spirit and so I went and I found that message but and I thought you know what well, that's cool I've got a message but then God can God just said no no there's some things I want you to bring from that but I actually there's some things I want you to just speak about who I am who the Holy Spirit is and so who this morning is excited to learn a bit more about the person of the Holy Spirit I am because you know come on we are a Pentecostal church and you might go what does that mean but C3 is a Pentecostal church it's a Pentecostal movement we believe in the power and the purpose and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that it didn't just end 2,000 years ago but He is alive and well today moving through His people empowering His people to do mighty and great works come on that is that is our church and so if you don't know if you're here for the first time today we are part of C3 church movement there is 500 plus C3 churches in 64 countries around the world, you're in a big family. Amen? Awesome. If you've got your Bibles with you today, and I'm just going to pause right there because I really believe that one of the enemy's plans is to create illiterate followers of Jesus. And I got really convicted about this. And so please don't feel bad if you don't have a Bible with you today. That's not what this is about. But I want to encourage you Here's my question. Did you pick up your Bible? Did you get into your Bible this week? Did you read your, did you read your Word this week? Did, did you read your Word by choice? Or, you know, like, I'm, I want to challenge you. I really believe like, we've we, we preached some stuff and, and people are like, I don't know, I don't know, if, I, I don't know if, if I'm there with you. And it's like, well, look, get into your Word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through the Word of God. But if you're not turning to the Word, where are you getting your truth from and so come on let's be a, let's be a church that believes and stands on the word of god amen when this is acts i better tell you where we are acts 2 verse 1 to verse 11 acts 2 verse 1 to verse 11 when the day of pentecost arrived they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, which would make sense, wouldn't it? 
there's Jews in Jerusalem, uh, and devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us speak in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia, <laughs> Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome. That's a lot of different languages, people. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We heard them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That is so awesome. Like straight out of the gate, I love this. The Holy Spirit turns up and these guys start in a, in a supernatural moment. This group of men, this group of men that were a couple of chapters earlier, quite fearful, quite fearful. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and immediately communication becomes their gift. Languages start flowing. It's a supernatural thing. You're from Phrygia and you're hearing your language spoken by some Galileans, which is crazy. I don't even know what Phrygian sounds like. Phrygian. Hey, maybe that's where we get Fijian. I don't know. Phrygian. Bulla. And they heard that. And, and, and so they've got this amazing miracle happening right before their midst. And it's interesting that the thing that they were speaking was they were declaring the mighty works of God in all these different languages. So today is Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate this amazing moment in history. See, Pentecost Sunday is a commemoration and celebration of the receiving of the Holy Spirit by the early church. See, John the Baptist, he prophesied of the first Pentecost when Jesus would be baptised with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He did that in Matthew 3. And then Jesus confirmed this prophecy with the promise of the Holy Spirit to His disciples. He said that in John 14. Then Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Father's gift of the Holy Spirit from whom they would receive power to be His witnesses to the ends of the earth. And on the day of Pentecost, just as promised, the sound of a violent wind filled the house. Tongues of fire came to rest on each one and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This was the beginning of the church as we know it. So today on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, realising that God's very life, breath and energy lives in His believers. Amen. So Jesus says, we go back two chapters, we're really one chapter, but we go back about... 40 days, I think it was, about 40 days. So Jesus, Jesus was, was uh, crucified, buried, rose again on the third day, and then he hung out with, his, with quite a few different people, a lot of different people over a space of a bit of time, including his disciples. He was witnessed by over 500 people. And then before he uh, jettisons to heaven, he tells his disciples to go and to wait. And uh, he tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit that had been promised. And uh, he tells them what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes. And so we're going to listen to Jesus' words here in Acts 1 verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Come on, to New Zealand. I think we're pretty much the ends of the earth. Unless, unless we start populating Antarctica with a lot of people. We're here, New Zealand's the ends of the earth. So come on, we are called to be 
powerful witnesses. We are called to be powerful witnesses, to be filled, empowered and led by the Holy Spirit, to live in communion and submission to Him. We are called to live supernatural lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was common to the early church. It was what was the way it was. In fact, the early church wasn't called the church. Does anyone know what the early church was called? The way. They were called the way because of the way they lived, because of the way they moved, because of the way that they, they were called the way because it was about the, the way they lived together and the way that they had. And so the way, filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, miracles and signs and wonders and the demonstration of the power of God was an everyday occurrence. It was normal. They were powerful witnesses. And so it is today that we're called to be powerful witnesses. I wrote this here, after the coming of the Holy Spirit, the disciples did not stay in the room basking in God's glory, but they burst out to tell the world. To carry on reading in chapter two, Peter gets up and to this multitude that had gathered and preaches this powerful, truth-filled gospel message. And in that moment, 3,000 men, and gosh knows how many women and children came to, to, to accept and receive Jesus and were baptised into the church on that day. How crazy is that? They didn't just stay in that room in that moment, but they took the message. We're called to take the message. Come on, C3 Church believes in the chain-breaking, infilling, yoke-destroying, gift-giving, supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm going to say that again because this is so we believe in the chain breaking, infilling, yoke destroying, gift giving, supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The church is birthed by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and advances by the Holy Spirit. And come on, the Holy Spirit is available to every believer if you choose to receive Him and submit to Him. And I'll get to that. So let's just talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because, see, the Holy Spirit is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit, not just some ethereal vapour. You know, the Holy Spirit is represented by, you know, different things throughout Scripture, dove, fire, water, a whole lot of different things you'll find the Holy Spirit is represented as. But He is a person and He is not the junior member of the Trinity. He's not JV God. He's not little, little God. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and omnipresent everywhere. Present everywhere. He is God. And Jesus said it so well. He said, it's better that I go that He comes. It's better that I go that He comes. Uh, a couple of message series ago, we pre- uh, preached, uh, we had a series called Code. And it was uh, the DNA and the heartbeat and the culture of our, ha- of our church in our house. And Code number one, Let's test you. Who can remember what code number one was? There's one in the, there's one in the Cuba Mall. We are a bucket fountain, and or we are bucket fountains, or no, we are a bucket fountain. That'll do. Let's stick there. And so, who's seen the, the the bucket fountain in Cuba Mall in the city? The bucket overflows and drops down into the next bucket. That overflows and drops down into the next bucket. Come on, we, we said that the DNA and culture and value of our church is relationship that leads to overflow. Relationship that leads to overflow. That if, that if we receive the love of Jesus, then we pour it 
out. This bucket fountain life is a Holy Spirit empowered life. Because Jesus said this in John 7, 37 to 39, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this He said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were to receive. That's us. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified, but now the Spirit has been given. So Jesus is saying that that we can come to Him and we can drink. But the greatest thing about taking a drink is that we can then become a river that other people can drink. The Spirit of God can flow through us. Isn't that powerful? It says that out of our heart will flow rivers of living water. Those, those rivers of living water is what we're talking about when we're saying we're going to become a powerful witness. The question is, is it? Is it flowing? So I want to talk about a blocked flow and a dried up flow. Because back in our last property, when we lived in Fidiang, we had a stream that ran through our property. And I think I've talked about this before, but we had this concrete... Uh, concrete culvert or bridge with the culverts going through it so that the, so I could get across and mow the other side but the stream kind of cut through the, the boundary and when we had like really heavy downpours of course all the debris would flow down the river and would start to get blocked and the culverts were really big but if a really large log or branch came and went sideways it would get jammed up against the culvert and then of course little sticks would stick to that big stick and then once the little sticks built up leaves and then sand, and before you know it, the whole culvert is blocked up and no water's flowing. No water's flowing through it anymore. And look, I just really believe that people, there are people here today whose hearts could be like that river. The storms of life have brought the debris of circumstances, words, actions, thoughts. Things have come down the river of your life to block your flow. Block the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life, rendering you ineffective, surviving, powerless, disconnected. Come on, I believe today God wants to unblock the flow. And there's another kind of flow, and I've put here the dried up flow. And in the height of summer, the same, same stream, in the height of summer, it would just get down to this little trickle. Like, uh, just the water wouldn't even get to the culvert, very, very, just like, just get really trickly and what would happen is little, there's little, little pools of water because there's no flow through it they just start to get stagnant get murky and discoloured and uh, it just without flow there's no life without flow there's no life and I just said here for some here today maybe you've never experienced the power the presence of the Holy Spirit never truly felt the love of God, never experienced His power and His anointing. Like that river in the heat of summer, your life feels stagnant. You're going through the motions, Groundhog Day, no life, no purpose. Come on, I really believe that today the river is going to flow. Maybe you've experienced the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, but the river of your life has dried up. You're wondering, why don't you feel the presence of God like you used to? Why am I no longer excited about church? Why, when was the last time I shared my faith with someone? When was the last time I was brought to tears thinking about Jesus? If you feel dry, I have good news today. God is going to unblock 
the flow. Out of your hearts will flow rivers of water, living water. It's a promise. It's a promise that we can stand on. So how do we unblock the flow? How do we get this going? How do we become powerful witnesses? In the, last, in the short time I have with you, I want to cover off two things that Jesus, two names that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, which I think will give us some help. All right. Because you see in John 14, Jesus, just before He goes to the cross, talks about the Holy Spirit that's coming. And He names Him some things. And listen to this. It says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the Word cannot receive, sorry, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You know Him for He dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit helper and He calls Him the Spirit of truth. Thank you, Jesus. Helper. I've got lots of notes here. Man, I just... Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit's number one MO, modus operandi, the number one thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is reveal Jesus to you. He wants to help you. He wants to, he wants to reveal the truth of who Jesus is. And He wants to help you to live a life like Jesus. So He wants to, He's the truth, Spirit of truth and the helper, but he wants, to, he wants to reveal the truth of who Jesus is to you and He wants to help you to live a life just like Jesus lived. That's, that's the goal of the Holy Spirit. The goal of the Holy Spirit is so that you might see Jesus, know Jesus, and that you might live like Jesus lived. You know, in that culvert, when I got this big log jammed, it came to a point where I was clearing it. I had to clear it out. It was one of my jobs. I had to clear this culvert out. And I got to this one time, I got to this massive log. And it was just too big for me to lift out. It was waterlogged. It was huge. I got the chainsaw down there. But because it was half in the water and half out, it was just a mess. And I got covered in chainsaw and water. And I, I couldn't get the thing out on my own. I had to ask a friend to come and help me and lift this log out. And come on, isn't that true in life? Some things are beyond our ability to overcome on our own. We're not called nor designed to battle through life on our own. We have the willing help of the Spirit of God Himself to help us overcome. We have spiritual muscle in the Holy Spirit. The King James Version calls Him the Comforter. Another title given to Him is the Counselor. We have a heart surgeon in the Holy Spirit. Out of our heart will flow rivers of living water. Our heart is the place of our identity, our attitudes, our belief. Come on, what is in your heart that might be blocking the flow of God, the flow of the Holy Spirit? What is in your heart? Is it unforgiveness there? Is there bitterness there? Is there failure there? Is there depression there? Is there sickness lack? What is it that's in the heart that could be blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit? Come on, the Holy Spirit is the man, the person that can help you, bring you to a place of healing and wholeness, His desire, everything. Says, I want to bring wholeness. I love the Word. I know I talk about this all the time. It's salvation. The word sozo means to make you whole. The Holy Spirit desires to make you whole. We are not called to go it alone, but we're also not called to abdicate our responsibility. It is a partnership, like marriage. <laughs> it's a partnership. We talked about that last Sunday. So what can block or dry up your flow? Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. You can resist the Holy Spirit. 
Acts 7.51 talks about this. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, Isaiah 63.10. We can quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, we can neglect the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 4.14. If we, come on, it just takes a step of obedience. A small step can make all the difference. Come on, the disciples were obedient. Jesus said, go and wait. (laughs) And they waited, they stayed together. That act act of submission and unity is, is vital. The act of that, that moment of submitting to Jesus and go and wait, and they did, and staying together, and they did. It's so vital. See, the Holy Spirit moves on unity, moves on submission. I don't know why we don't like talking about submission. It's not a bad thing, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. When you can come under the mission of someone who loves you, who's, who, who knows the future, and wants to guide you towards your best life. Something we've got it out of, we've got into this mindset that if we're the captain of our own ships and the master of our own destiny, that's the best way to be. But we all end up running our lives into ruin at some point. Submission's not a bad thing. And the Holy Spirit moves on it. See, marriage, the, in, in, in marriage, the marriage ring doesn't guarantee marital oneness. Wrong finger, that one there. It takes a choice <laughs> to open our hearts and live so I'll say that again, it takes a choice to open our hearts and our lives to one another. It takes a choice to be vulnerable. Intimacy and love flows from that place. So with the Holy Spirit, we are involved. We are accountable and we have a choice. In fifth form English, uh, I, I was back in the old school days where it was, uh, you, had, you, you set your fifth form exams at the end of the year and it was like pass or fail, like the one shot three hour exam. And, uh, and so we had midterm exams. I don't know, anyone remember midterm exams? This is, so you had a, a midterm exam and it was a test, but it was serious. And, uh, and we, I did this midterm exam and I was doing six subjects and my worst subject was English. It was my worst subject. And my English teacher, Mrs. Bellamy, said to me, or said to the class, if anyone wants to do extra tuition, I'm going to, on these days of the week, come in an hour early from school sorry, an hour after school, it was after school. I'm going to stick around an hour after school. And if you want extra tuition, I'm going to hang around and give it to you. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I, uh, I came and I got extra tuition with Mrs. Bellamy and a few others of us did. And when I finished, when I set school set at the end of the year, English went from worst to first. From worst to first. Come on, the Holy Spirit is calling us into a partnership, like two, like two, two pedals on a bicycle. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's an action and a response, an action and a response. We have a part to play in walking with God. When I say that you can grieve Him, quench Him, neglect Him, you absolutely can. And I know this in my own life, my own experience. I was a real heady Christian, a real head, head knowledge Christian for many years and and. You know, I, I would argue the points of theology. I loved it. I loved arguing or not, or debating or, or discussing. It would be a discussion unless they disagree with me. And uh, I used to, I, 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 I loved it. I just, I just, my catchphrase was know what you believe and why you believe it. That was like, like I just loved knowledge, I guess. And uh, when I did my, uh, 
my strengths finders, one of them is learner. So that process of learning and and, and, and just grasping information, I, I really appreciate it. But who knows that information without transformation is super dangerous? Who knows that knowledge without the heart behind it become, becomes, you know, dangerous? Who knows the Pharisees had a lot of knowledge? You know, who knows the devil can quote scripture? So, so, so knowledge in itself is, is, is dangerous. God doesn't want your heart outside of your head, but he wants both, right? And so... Uh, there was a process for me of, of God unraveling that because I believe there's a disconnect right here. I reckon it's the greatest, it's the greatest epidemic in, 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 in humanity is our, ability, is our heart gets wounded and it gets disconnected and we guard it and we protect it. But this is the place where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell, right? So, so the, very thing that, uh, the very thing He wants to heal is the very thing that can keep Him out. And so that was the same in my life. Rejection and other things caused me to uh, to live in that place of head knowledge when God arrested my heart and uh, I went through the process of really reconnecting in a relationship with Jesus. I tell you, I went, through a, I went through a season of repenting to the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, would you forgive me? And went through a building of a relationship. I'm sorry if I ever quenched you. I'm sorry for, if I've ever grieved you. I'm sorry if I've ever neglected you. you know? And went through a, a place of rebuilding relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And that journey for me opened up the supernatural realm of God. For me, it was visions. And for those that have been around, you know, you've heard me speak and the way that God's supported through vision and stuff like that. We're here in Wellington on the back of the Holy Spirit speaking, speaking to us supernaturally and miraculously. I'll give an example. Um, uh, one Sunday preaching a message and uh, I can't quite recall what the uh, response was but some people came in for prayer and they had this one couple that were, we were in Fidianga and, and a lot of people come from out of town because uh, it's a holiday destination and this couple came and so you'd often have visitors in your church and often half the people in the church were visitors just the way it was and these people came forward this married couple and, um, and so I just started praying for them and, 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 uh, and I just felt God saying whatever and this next season, this next season you're stepping into, God wants you to do it together. God's, right now I feel like you're, 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 you're in separate arenas of life, but I really feel like God wants you to do this next season of life together. And as you do it together, God's going to bless it and it's going to flourish. And I don't know what that was. And they just start breaking down in tears. Just start breaking down in tears. And they said to me, we, uh, we have been running a, a discipleship training centre in some small town in New Zealand. And my husband's been running it and I've been working in a school. The wife's been working in a, in a, in a school. And the training centre has been struggling financially and, and, and with, with people power. And we were struggling financially and we were, we've been praying, God, do we shut that down? Or do I give in the teaching job and come across and we do this thing here together and give it a, and give it a final push? together and they were in this place of we don't know what to do God we're just and here they find themselves and the reason they came to Fidianga was that they were at that point of burnout and then that place that they didn't know what the, and they just were just like well let's just go on holiday let's just get away and we'll pray together and believe that God will give us the answer they rock into a church in Fidianga that morning and some guy says whatever is the next season God's calling you to do it together that is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that is, that, is the, that is what, come on, the whole, there's so much, that's just a taste. But you've got to be in a place where you're living close 
to Him. And, and I'm telling you, we can grieve Him, we can neglect Him. We can, and I, I want to encourage you. Here's the first place we start repentance. It's not sexy. It's not. But I'm telling you something. What it's saying is, there are things in my life that could, that could, that could be preventing relationship. And I want to get those things out on the table and say, I'm sorry. You know it in any relationship. In any relationship. You know when you try and brush it under the carpet and move like it never happened without addressing it? It stays there between you until you address it. Either that or it removes relationship and you step a little bit further away. And then you're a little bit further away because you never address it. But as soon as you address it, you come close again. It's the way, it's the way we're wired. It's the way God wired it. And so... I'm just saying like, number one, repentance. If you want the Spirit of God to flow through you, repentance. Man, Martin Luther, when he nailed the thesis, 99 thesis to the Wittenberg door, it started, the Christian life is a life of repentance. That was his first point that he felt the church had moved away from. Let's not move away from that too. I said it earlier before, but pick up, the Word. Pick up your Bibles, people. Come on. Pick up the Word of God. Get a daily habit of eating the Word, ingesting the Word. Through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will reveal and speak to you. What are you basing your belief on? What are you basing your decisions on? What are you basing this on? Get a hunger for the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. I've got so many notes, but I'm not going to not going to move it. In fact, you know, I'm just, we're just going to, I'm just going to end this and we're going to pray because I really believe that we talked about these things and let's just, let's just believe the Holy Spirit's going to move this morning. Amen. Amen. Come on, the more belief, the more power, the more presence, the more flow. We are called to be powerful witnesses. We're called to be powerful witnesses. And all I can, all I can say is that the Holy Spirit wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us. The Holy Spirit wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us. He's got gifts for you. And I know we can talk about the gifts of God and all these amazing spiritual gifts. And they're awesome. They are amazing. They're, they're incredible. But ultimately, what He wants to do is He wants to reveal Jesus to you. And He wants to help you live a life like Jesus. And so there needs to be closeness, repentance. Uh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Troy, can I get you? Where's Troy? Can I get you to come and tinkle? Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as Isaiah 55, 1 through 4 says this, Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I'll make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast love, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. God is calling you to be a leader and a commander. I mean, He's calling you into that, but it needs the power of the Holy Spirit.
your call to be a powerful witness for Jesus Christ. I know you can, we can sit here and agree, but come on, ask yourself, is your river down to a trickle? Is your river dry? Have we got business to do this morning with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit calls us to come. Come all who are thirsty. Come all who are dry. Come and buy without money. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come on, let the river of love fill your life. Let His love pour out over you. Why don't you just take a moment right now where you're sitting. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me tell you about my relationship with the Holy Spirit now. He's just so real, guys. He's so real. I, like I, when I, when I get him pray, he'll turn up like a wind. Like I, I feel like there's like, is there a window open? Because he turns up like this wind, like this breeze. And in that moment, he just melt, every time melts my heart. Tears flow. What else? I mean, as human beings, what are our responses? <laughs> we've got anger. We've got tears. But what are, where are the extremes of our emotions? Because how do you respond to God? And in that moment, like you just sit there forever in His presence. Like you just like, you don't need to clamor. You just can just, just, Enjoy His presence. And for me, it was just that moment of submission. That moment of realizing that I thought I was, you know, the smart guy in the room that I had. It all. That moment I realized that, you know what, I actually need to submit to your Holy Spirit. Your God, I'm not. And outside of every bit of head knowledge I could obtain, more than anything, what I really needed was connection and relationship and love. And I know it's the same with everyone here. And it's the same with everyone that's outside of this room. And it's why Jesus came. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would make yourself real. Jesus, you talk in John 14 about manifesting yourself to us. And that word means to just make yourself known, make yourself real. And I pray that in this place, you would make yourself real to each person here. I pray that we'd have the courage to open our hearts to you. Right now, I pray for those that may have a blocked flow. We talked about the circumstances of life that block the move and the power of God through our lives. Maybe we've been dabbling in things we shouldn't have. Maybe we've been caught in repetitive patterns of sin. Come on, I thank you, Jesus. You do not condemn us, but Holy Spirit, you convict us to life. Holy Spirit, I see you like you're just dropping the rope into the hole and pulling us out.
You're not standing over the hole saying, why did you do that? You just want to pull us out. And I thank You that You can. Look, if that's You, friend, if, if that's You, if you've been caught in cycles of sin, the Holy Spirit can set you free. I believe it with all my heart. I've been caught and, and trapped into all sorts of things. The Holy Spirit has set me free. I know He can set you free too. Maybe you've never known the love of Jesus. Maybe you've never really welcomed the Holy Spirit into your life, going, you know, I want this relationship. You know, it doesn't need fanfare, it just needs an honest response from your heart. It's all it needs. It doesn't need, there's no mantra, there's no code, it's not a padlock. It's just your heart, it's a relationship. You might not know all the answers and have everything ticked, but all it is is if, if you're real, show yourself to me. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to do something really bold today. So I believe that when I say about submission and courage, it's really important. God moves on it. So if either of those are you, either you feel like there's been a blocked flow or your flow's got down to a trickle, I wanna pray for you, but I actually just want you to make a stand right now for God. And I just want you to say, no, today I'm coming back into relationship. Today I'm coming back to you, Holy Spirit. On Pentecost Sunday, 2018, I'm allowing the presence of the Holy Spirit to flow through my life again. If that is you, I just want you to stand right now to your feet. And we're going to pray. If that's you. Come on, if that's you, why don't you stand, make a stand for Jesus this morning. I know it's a courageous thing to have to do. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, make a stand. You don't have to. Stay in a dry place. Come on, Christianity was never meant to be a boring, lifeless existence. It was called, we're called into a powerful, life-giving, passionate response to God where we can become His powerful witnesses to the world around us. You see, you go through this Acts and you see this guy, Stephen, and he was the food bank guy, people. He was looking after the widows with the food. He was a food bank guy. Yet he gave the most profound gospel presentation and was the first martyr given his life for the kingdom. And, his, and out of the death of this man's life, the gospel spread like wild fire. It's incredible what the Holy Spirit can do if we were just make a stand for Him. Thank you, Jesus. Stephen was so bold, man, so bold in the face of such opposition, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to live disempowered. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's you, if you're standing, if you feel comfortable, why don't you just reach your hands up as an act of surrender and also just a, 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 just a position of receiving from God. God, I thank you this morning that you know the hearts of your people. 
and know that You know these, these beautiful people here that have made a stand this today and made a stand for You. Holy Spirit, I pray You would manifest Yourself to them. Where their needs, the damage of the heart, circumstances and challenges of the heart. God, where there's been just a war against, I pray, Holy Spirit, You would come with Your victorious power. That You would shift the things in their life. Lord, right now I pray a shift in their life, in Jesus' Name. Let it flow, Lord Jesus. Let it flow, Lord Jesus. The rivers of life through the hearts of Your people are gonna flow again. Father God, I'm praying an intimacy and a vulnerability. I'm praying life to come. I'm praying that when they pick up their Word, there's gonna be a hunger and a passion for Your Word again, Lord. The life, the pages are gonna come alive. The words are gonna pop off. God is gonna become alive again. Colour is gonna come back into relationship with You, Lord Jesus. Father, all of a sudden, direction's gonna flow. Vision is gonna flow. Life is gonna flow by Your Spirit, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you that you're so real. You're so real. You're so real. You're so real. And our relationship that we can have with You can be so, so real. It doesn't have to be belief only, but we can experience the very presence of the living God.